Hello and welcome to episode four of the Fantasy Fitbar Pod. My name's John and I'm joined as ever by my good friend Scobie. Hello. We are the podcast that takes a unique look at Scottish football through the lens of fantasy football. To any new listeners out there, you will you need to know that you can follow us on <laughs> John. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at FitbarPod. And also listen to us on Acast and iTunes. On iTunes, you can leave us a review. Funnily enough, no one's left us a review since the earlier podcasts in the week, Scobie. <laughs> well, we had a few backed up there. Maybe, maybe we'll pull one of, the, one of the top ones out. But yes, please do review us. Listen and review. We like to give us a good chuckle. All right, so we're both feeling much better, much fresher at this part of the week. Um, God, I mean, so this not, that's, not, that's not very hard, John. I, think I, I feel like an apology is due to our listeners, if anything... Felt a little bit slow motion uh, in, in, in the previous podcast. It was. Um, but yeah, we'll be much sharper today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this pod, in this part one, we are going to look at the madness of Tuesday. Absolute bedlam. Um, what happened, how everything developed, just craziness. And then in part two, as always, we will review each match from a fantasy football perspective. And in part three... Here, here this school, we have a new part. We have asked our Twitter followers for questions and we will do our best to answer them. The Twitter sphere. The Twitter sphere. I thought no one was going to respond at all. Well, I, 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 honestly, I've not seen any of them yet. So this is, this is new to me as it will be for our listeners. I'm excited. I'm excited to see the, the heart-hitting questions. They'll be shooting from the hips. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, let's get into it because... I mean, what a week. I feel really excited for this. I always do, but for this part today, I feel so excited. It was, I mean, it was, it had everything. It was bonkers. So we recorded on Monday night in our bitter state. Yes. Uh, pushed, pushed the pod out for as early as we could on Tuesday morning, having reviewed. And literally seconds after pushing the pod out, now this pronunciation is going to get your knickers in a twist, Scobie. Bolly Bollingoli. Bolly Bollingoli. Bolly Bollingoli. It had transpired, had listened to this, gone to Spain, gone to Spain, and therefore put the whole of Scottish football or the Scottish Premiership um, in danger of being completely cancelled. There was chat of all teams just being cancelled by Nicola Sturgeon. That was mental. I thought that would be an overreaction, personally. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, it's, I'm also just still getting over the fact he went to Spain for one night. You know, we went to York for two, and that felt like quite an effort. So then to go on a flight to Spain and back, which just as the most casual thing in the world, was just was just bloody strange, um, if not completely unprofessional and 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 just and just bonkers. All night session, Pasha Ibiza, I heard was the was the call. <laughs> that, that, that the one. <laughs> anyway, Nicholas Sturgeon comes out and thankfully doesn't completely tank Scottish football and gives us the yellow card, whatever that means. And basically, it means, for just now anyway, that Celtic and Aberdeen games were postponed. So crucially, for Fantasy Football Scotland, there was no Celtic games for the next two game weeks and no Aberdeen um, games as well for this game week. So, you know, I mean, what were you thinking, Scobie? I mean, it's bonkers because, you know, we've, we've 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 been sort of singing on the pod... Um, this sort of like line about you and you've got I mean even if you knew nothing about Scottish football you know you'd have to have three Celtic players or at least two of them in your side so everybody's you know got, they've got the sides packed whatever that ridiculous uh, ownership percentage was of Edward but it was 70 or 80% 
you know, everybody suddenly in this situation where they probably have some Aberdeen fans that was maybe manageable with a few subs, but now everybody's potentially got not a full team that can go out that night. It was just bonkers. Yeah, and it's the value that you have in these Celtic players, like Edward, one of the most expensive players in the game. So you're like, you're sitting there and you know that nothing's coming for the next two game weeks. And you're like, well, I've got to sell. So what we saw, and but Twitter was just going bonkers. It was, I mean, I didn't really get any work done on Tuesday, I have to be honest. It was just crazy. There was a lot of wild cards getting put out there. Scooby, were you considering wild carding at all? I was, honestly, in all the pandemonium, I must say, I never was. Just, look, the Celtic players have value in themselves. It was not the kind of game week it was worth risking that, unless your team was already in a complete mess. It was not worth risking it for. There's going to be better times in the year to play that wild card. So, no, I, I never... What were you Were you thinking about? I mean, far as I've been pretty shite throughout this whole season already, so maybe I should have done <laughs> it. I just, but my, my, my thinking on not wild carding was basically that if I am going to wild card, I probably want to wild card when I've got a whole week to consider the makeup of my team and, yeah. and have certainty in the fixtures going forward or at least more certainty than what I would have got on Tuesday having wild card over two or three hours. So I think having if you if you were to, if we look at you know the fancy equivalent having two one a se- one a one a half of the season, I would I would probably be much more tempted to just go of oh, you know fuck it. It's not been a very good start to the season. I'll just play it now. Um, but you know, I, I don't think. I mean, it's a situation that you, you just can't manage. Like you know, it's, it, it, you know, it's not even just the one game week; it's going to be two game weeks. So how do you play for that? And then you're suddenly without Celtic and Aberdeen players. Yeah, absolutely bonkers. At that point, I was asking if they could uh, add an additional chip. We all know the free hit chip. I'm sure that would have been a popular um, um, choice if it was available on the on the on the. I absolutely agree, and it'd be good to know a fantasy football Scotland if you are listening. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they have it on in the office every every Wednesday or Wednesday. Um, <laughs> please let us know if you're considering a free hit chip because you know it seems strange it was the only chip left out of the sort of fantasy canon uh, for, for, for this app and, and, and just to just to, um, just to crystallise how crazy and how mental all the users were going there was 10,000 transfers made in 10 minutes now I don't know just pulling our legs but that just sounds like nuts numbers to me um, which just shows how engaged everyone is in this game as well, which is fantastic. And then, so my final sort of point on that is that it's great that the app survived such a meltdown. Like, yeah. surely even in their biggest stress testing, they never for one second thought there'd be 10,000 transfers in 10 minutes. So, so well done, guys. Absolutely agree. I mean, I think that's like, oh, is it not 35,000 people and something in the, you know, in the, in the, in the Mega League? So it's about 30 users. You know, I mean, maybe there's a few more now, but you know, about a third or a quarter of users going off making transfers in a 10-minute period. It held up. That's what we like to see. A good working out. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I've, I've got faith in this season, and it's just, it's just punched that faith a little bit harder, which is lovely to, lovely to see. Hello and welcome to part two of the Fantasy Fitbar Pod, episode four. This is the part of the pod where we review the game week action. Actually, normally there's six games. There were only four. We know why. Scobie, talk to me. How were they? They were great. I mean, and, and we said ourselves on the Twitter, there were goals everywhere. They were flying and it's what you like to see. I mean, it didn't start off hot, but we're not going to start with that game. First game I want to go to um, was the Rangers St. Johnston game, 3-0, convincing win for Rangers. And look, 
the only way to describe them as a team, for me, just dripping in points. They are just dripping in points across, across from the like back. Like a fridge in points. They're dripping like a knackered fridge, as a wise man once said. Um, look, uh, you know, high points for me. Ken obviously got a lovely goal. Um, I think he, he's sort of a really, really interesting prospect. I, th- I think his value is actually probably lower than it, than it should be. And he's added goals to his game a bit this season. Uh, you know, it's funny without Morelos scoring, and he probably was doing that a bit more in the latter half of last season too. But without Morelos, kind of just banging them in um, rel- like relentlessly, he's been really good. Barisic had an absolute wonder goal. I had Barisic as my captain, and it was euphoric watching that. Um, I've never got so excited about Rangers' goal, but it was it was a, it was a stunner. And you know, and he obviously coupled that with a clean sheet and an assist. I mean, he was just amazing. Um, do you, you got Barisic, do you, or is it? Who, uh, no, obviously I don't have Barisic. Oh, you obviously don't have. <laughs> <laughs> but the Barisic tab combo has been has been really potent this year, as I say, dripping with goals. Um, yeah, I mean they just they just look like they're on a roll at the moment. Uh, I think what's happened to Celtic, whilst that's not related to their performance, you know, is only going to put a bit of wind in Rangers' sails, is it not? Yeah, totally agree. I mean, you just compare it to last season, right? They've got Barisic now ahead of uh, John Flanagan, who's that flash in the pan for Liverpool. Hadji looks like an upgrade for Marfield. Balogun looks like an upgrade on Kaic, though he did go off at half-time with an injury. Yeah. And he is, he is slightly injury-prone. I noted last season uh, he had a shoulder injury that kept him out for 11 games. So maybe he's one of those guys that, that does just pick up these random injuries here there. We've not actually had an update on how the injury is. Uh, yeah, so we'll be watching that. I'll be watching that closely tomorrow, given that he is in my team and, and maybe considering to get a different Rangers player in. Um, other replacements compared to last season, you know, at Kent, you've already said, is looking decent instead of Davis. And then you got Roof came off the bench, um, had a decent chance, looked quite. Um, well, I'll quite say at one point, which was, which was a, a, <laughs> it was a welcome to Scotland challenge that. <laughs> And then, and then on that game, um, I've done a deep dive into St Johnston, but I'm oh. going to hold off until part three just because they've got the double game week coming up. Right. We've got a lot of questions on Twitter. Oh, we do. Uh, you're going to have to hold well, on. Well, well, what I'll say, my not very deep dive, is it looked like they were still playing a pre-season game. That is possibly partly on Aberdeen's shoulders because, you know, they deprived them of one game. Um, but they just didn't, they just were not in the races. It was, it was it, you know, as, as good as Rangers were, they were, they were very bad. Uh, yeah, 3-0, uh, Rangers top of the table, uh, and rightly so in the current form. Um, next game I want to pick up on, um, Motherwell, what's the smell, uh, against Livingston. Um, good game that as well. Goals are plenty. Yeah, yeah. Goals are plenty, which um, is now becoming for a, a theme for Livingston, I suppose. And um, mm. they've now conceded seven goals in three games. Last season, they only conceded 44 goals all season. So they've already conceded 16% of that total goals from last season. So you've yeah. got to be worried in there. McCrory was a very popular goalkeeper pick. And he's been, quite frankly, shite as a goalkeeper pick so far. Yeah. Um, so you've got to be worried there. It's the, uh, crowd, it's the crowd missing at the macaroni and you know because they were good you know um at home in particular they're, they're pretty hard is it you know i mean there's, there's only about a thousand of them there anyway so i'm not sure how much <laughs> how much that makes a difference i mean i was listening to holt after the game and he was saying how he just told them that they had to be big ugly bastards basically and and really get stuck in um so that that was the approach for the game uh lyndon dyke's penalty Again, though I did just see this evening, uh, QPR have now joined the race to sign in. 
So there's now a couple of chances. Well, you know what? He's my horse in the race, John. I'm sticking with Lyndon Dykes uh, to the end. He's got two and two. I know they're both penalties, but he tell you what, he puts his flipping laces through those. Um, I thought a couple of interesting points. David Turnbull getting a goal. Uh, it was a lovely goal as well. That will, I'm sure, please Stephen Robinson. Um, he is an expensive midfielder, rightly so. There was a lot of hype around him last year. You can see why Celtic were after him. You know, maybe if he goes on a run, if, if Motherwell are going to get goals, you, you think he's going to be involved a lot. Uh, he's keeping Liam Paul with it, out, the, out, the, out, the, out the team too, which is sad for me. Um, but yeah, good, good performance, I think. Yeah, no, I thought it was great to see Turnbull back in action. He's obviously had a torrid time with knee injuries. He scored 15 goals in that 2018-19 season that had him uh, so close to moving to Celtic, basically. So, yeah, um, I agree. Uh, it's great to see him back, basically. Um, yeah. I don't know if I've got him in my team yet. But no. People might have him there. No, no way. No way. I also just want to shout out for the most blatant penalty of the season from Lamy. I don't know if you saw it on Dykes. He was playing volleyball, I think. It was a, it was a, it was an amusing moment. Um, and then one player I want to pull out who I think is a little bit interesting is um, is young Alan Forrest, um, brother of James. I thought he was quite impressive. He's only yeah, three yeah. million. I mean, I'd like to know what odds you'd get on him scoring more goals than his older brother in the in the Spanish <laughs> season. Currently leading that race. Lively, he scored. He was he looked lively all game. He was kind of involved in the in the first one. Um, He's a couple of people that I saw did have him in their teams this this uh, this week. Uh, he's a bit of an under radar player. I mean, Rangers and Aberdeen, the next two games, you may be avoiding now, but you see how the season transpired. If you're looking for a lower budget midfielder, he might be one to look for. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, did, I just think a lot of people just stuck him in because of the name at the start of the season, not expecting him to do much, and now he's popped up with a goal already. Going back to Motherwell, uh, Polworth only got 10 minutes, Hasty only got 10 minutes. I think what I'd say here is maybe don't panic with these guys. There's a lot of rotation going on in squads just now. It's really difficult mm -hmm. to pick the lineups. You know, these guys haven't played football for months. Um, so I'd just maybe be careful with them. One guy I, I would absolutely... I think Steve Robinson listened to our first pod and decided that, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to fuck with him. And he's put Liam Polworth on the bench every game since and not played hasty at all. He's clearly a big football fan, a fancy football fan. So I think that's what we... He just heard your shite pattern turn them off. <laughs> Um, the one say one guy'd say get out your team now because I know quite a few'd put this one hit wonder in, but Tony Watt, get him out your team. He never even got on yeah. um, Wednesday night uh, sell. And one thing we've also not talked about is Donnelly's injury was obviously confirmed. I think that's happened. Is it not in between our last couple of pods? He's now right, that was that was that was lost in the Tuesday madness. I thought that was the biggest what? news of Tuesday, and then that was blown out the water. But yeah, he's yeah. out for two or three months. I think so. Not taking in that's a, that's a big blow for them. But yeah, uh, a, a good game all round. Two two first points of the season, but still stuck down at the bottom of the table there with the likes of Aberdeen. Uh, and then next. I came up. Um, my favourite team of the season so far, as you know, I'm a Hearts fan, so I don't really have a horse in the race, but I think I'm adopting the land of Rosses as, <laughs> as my, as my sort of pet favourite team. Um, the County of Rosses, they were, again, just brilliant to watch. Um, did you see the game? They yeah, were well, 
Yeah, yeah. I've just been catching like more extensive highlights of how they're playing, and it's really interesting to also hear uh, the way Kettlewell's talking after the game and saying that they're not just going to lump it up to the big man. Uh, they're going to try and play football. So they're actually a really good team to watch as well. Uh, Billy Mackay was dropped from the from the starting lineup for this. Again, going back to that rotation point. I mean, no one. It seems no one is safe. Same. And I just my favorite my favorite start again. Two Rosses on the score sheet, Draper and Stewart. I mean, it's just you can't write this stuff. They just write a loss, you know. And, and the Draper, on a serious note, three point three million. Um, I think he's quite an interesting option. Again, to my point on Forrest, there, if you're looking for a cheaper midfielder, he's heavily involved. Um, and, and as you say, Ketua wants them to get the ball down and play, and they will play. I think the likes of Hamilton and St. Mirren, you know, they'll play a possession-based football. And they'll they will go at them. You know, it was. It was good to watch. I think Stewart's a bit more expensive at 5.4 million, but he hit the post, you know, and probably should have scored. And then he scored his second get, uh, goal of the season. Um, he's the penalty taker. We love a penalty taker, obviously, on this pod. Um, but he had seven last year. I mean, he's a, he's a good player, Stewart, is he not? Yeah, no, he's decent. Just on your point about midfielders and Ross County, I was having a look at them. And just now, just because we've got such a small sample size in the season, it's actually really difficult to pick who is going to perform best out of this midfield. So you've got Josh Mullen, who I thought put in an excellent cross for the first goal on Wednesday night. Oh, he's um, three million in midfield, but his total points are five. So his assist, what he did on Wednesday, is the only points he's really got so far. You've then got Draper, as you say, at 3.3 million, seven points in total so far this season. You've got Peyton in there at 2.9 million, eight points so far, and also Tilston at 2.8 million on seven points. So it's like there's four or five midfielders in Golden County. I don't really know which one's going to have the strongest season. It's just so difficult to tell for sample size. Totally agree. I totally agree. But I mean, they are at least scoring, or they have at least scored in games. They've got two good fixtures coming next with Dundee United and Hamilton. You know, would you would you bet against them? I think they'll take four points from those two, if I'm guessing. Yeah. You know, just they're going to be 11 points after five games. I mean, they're going to be right up there. Who'd have thought that? It's, 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 it's really good. Yeah, I think you always like to see, a, you know, an underdog team in Scotland. It doesn't often happen, but see an underdog team play well, a bit like Livingston did last year, and, you know, come up and, and hand it to them. And on this subject, I don't, we're not going to call them underdogs, but... The surprise of the season for me, I talked about him last week on the pod. I followed through and I put Chris Burke in my team. I took a minus eight in the process because the Tuesday madness was the Tuesday madness. Uh, and I had, I had a few rotations to make. I put that man, Chris Burke, in and he's still bloody scored again. And not only that, he should have had a penalty. He very narrowly missed the free kick. And then he scores this sort of Giggs FA Cup-esque beauty where he takes it along you know, the violin, and he just batters it into the top of the net. It was, uh, it was awesome. He's, he's just so fun to watch him, old Chris Burke. Aye. It, it, I mean, was that not a toe bash, that finish? But either way, he can yeah. run. But he is, he is actually at the centre. He's the centre of everything that Killy are doing. Like, he's on corners, he's on free kicks, he's on pens, he's creating shit, he's scoring from open play. If you want Killy in your team, then you, I think you're right. I think you want Chris Burke. Oh, the other one that caught my point. eye... The one, other one that caught my eye uh, in the Killy game was uh, Alan Power, um, who scored the other goal, and he was given man of the match. Now, he's 3.9 million, so I was thinking, all right, maybe he's worth a punt. Um, but then I had a wee di deeper dig on his statistics, and that's only his second ever goal for Kilmarnock. Yeah, he's a, he's a defensive, he's sort of more defensively. Going back to 2017, so... 
I don't know, just cool your jets before uh, sliding them into your team is probably what I'd say. It was um, it was interesting all the same. I mean, um, you know, Kilmarnock, is there anyone else, though, in that team that, that you know, catches your eye, catches your fancy? Really? I think it's Barker, Barker, no one. And Brophy's obviously just not been a factor this year. He's not injured at the moment. Um, I don't think he was carrying an injury into the start of the season. I don't believe so anyway, but uh, nothing but at the moment. So uh, he would, I'm sure, have been a popular choice as well um, at that point. So into our final game, fourth and final game, it was the uh, rampant high knees. Um, and honestly, it was a pretty drab game, wasn't it? Um, I... I think the most noteworthy part of that would be that Hibs got their first clean sheet in nine league games, <laughs> which is which is an interesting point. Um, and I'm wondering if you know on this run people are beginning to consider um, consider Hibs um, goalkeepers and defenders, um, you know, because they are on a majestic run, but more so that they can just outscore anyone. Uh, talking of that, Dodge obviously now has got 20 goals for Hibs. He got two in the last uh, two games. Uh, so yeah, Nisbet had the had the headlines last week. Uh, I mean, he kind of stole one off Nisbet, but um, Dodge has got two. He's a very good player, is he not? Hi, uh, Dodge is one of the few picks that's actually come good for me uh, from the from my start of the season team. Yeah, well, you're not exactly the oracle, but um, um, looks very good. Um, Josh Doig as well. Be careful with your Doigs and Doigies and Doigies with the with the high bees. Uh, looks decent. He was. He was he was probably offside for the goal, but he, you know, to the fact that he's that far forward, um, probably makes. If I was a dog owner, I'd be happy to see him that far forward getting those kind of assists. Um, quite exciting. Scott Allen, I suppose, not not much game time again. That's a bit worrying for Scott Allen owners, who was heavily tipped to be sort of the bargain of the season. It is, it is. But uh, a good friend of mine is a is a, is a big hips man. Talking to him about it, I think the feeling is that Allen. You know, he doesn't play when it's a four, but when you're a five, you'll, you'll tend to see him play. He thinks that they'll kind of go back to him, you know, uh, in the middle of the park, because uh, he, uh, he did make a big difference when he came on. I don't know if you, if you saw the highlights of the game. I think he does change it for them. And um, the reason why maybe Ross has been experimenting with other formation stuff this year, I don't know. It's obviously been working so far, but I think, you know, he, everything kind of goes through Alan when he's on the park. So I I don't think it's time yet to get rid of him. I still, I mean, his value is decreasing, but he's, you know, at 3.6 million, he's not a huge investment. And I think he could come good at the end of the season. Interesting to note, just on Doig there, he's, he's grown by a point million every, uh, every game week so far. He's now up at 2.2. I'm sure he's probably going to head up towards 2.3 in no time. Point million? Is that even a measurement? Uh, yeah, I just made that one up. That's <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I'm just talking of your picks in the start of the season Peter Paul it should have scored he it should have, have he should have I was on my feet man Peter Paul it baby nearly had me having a baby oh no it was, it was I'm, all... I'm worried in general about Dundee United not really like it's high flying Hebs they only lost one they'll give a pretty decent account to them and all things considered I think they'll take that from their first, first three um yeah. yeah, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that all is lost yet. It's been okay so far. Um, and I think Mel's good. Okay, hello and welcome back to part three of the Fantasy Football Pod. We're trying a new part here, listeners, so please bear with us. But it is any question answered. 
So just before we came on air, we tweeted to everyone, can you send us some questions? We'll do our best to answer them. And that's how it's going to go. So first question is up. It's from Justin, who we've been having really good interaction with on Twitter. So hi, Justin, how you doing? He's asked, hey guys, a question for the next pod. Is it worth getting in any St. Johnston players for their double game week? Or is it a trap? Are we better off focusing on typical high scorers? Well, Justin, because of that, I've done a slight deep dive into the Super Jays and I'll uh, let you know what I think. Basically, I think if you're going to go anyone, you want to be Callum Hendry. Callum Hendry at 4.9 million. He's got a pretty decent goal-scoring record um, throughout his career. He started his career at Blackburn as a young boy. He's actually uh, born in 1997. Makes me feel like an old bastard. Uh, and he just broke on the scene last year so he had 12 appearances in the league last year and from those 12 he scored two goals and he also got a goal in the league cup so I think at 4.9 million up front he could be a good option at the start of the season we were thinking Stevie May would be the main man now as the chant goes who the fuck is Stevie May I'm asking myself where the fuck is Stevie May Mazo, where are you man he was on the bench in the first game, never got on, and he wasn't even in the squad against Rangers. So what I'm thinking is that Stevie May, the man who scored 20 goals in a league season not too long ago, is perhaps injured. So that's why also I'd be tempted to keep with Callum Hendry. A few other St. Johnson options. Mash out Tanzer hasn't exactly started any games this season, so that's been a poor one. Booth has been starting ahead of him. Uh, but I'm going to hold on to him because I think Davidson might rotate there. And when Tanza does play, he'll be on set pieces and pens. Just touching on Davidson, I think the jury is still out on him. Um, you know, they played, they were down with 10 men against United at the start of the season. Then they played high-flying Rangers. So I think he'll get plenty of time with the fans. A troublesome area for St. Johnston is in goals. Clark was at 2.7 million at the start of the season, one of the most expensive keepers in the game. Uh, he's now injured, so you've got Parrish at 2 million. And the only other two options, I'd say, in midfield that are maybe worth a look are Watherspoon at 4.2 million. He gets himself forward. And Liam Craig, who scored in the opening weekend at 4.2 million, is not a bad shout. Scobie, how is that for a deep dive? That's very good. That's one of the most impressive things that's ever happened on this pod, to be perfectly honest. Um, but I'm going to make a very bold prediction, and that is that St. Johnson will not score a single goal this next game week. Wow. I think they go goalless the next two games. And to answer our good friend's question, no, do not get sucked into that trap. I, I thought about it myself. And I'm not, St. Jay's fans are going to be coming after me and it's not that. I just, I just think that they might get into a bit of a rut. And I think they're playing the wrong teams at the wrong time. I don't like either of those fixtures for them. And I don't like the fact, as you say, that May's not around. I don't see where the goals are coming from. Wotherspoon scored three goals last year and he was our top goal scoring midfielder. Doesn't exactly, you know, strike shite into the pants of an opposition. Um, so I mean I just don't I just I just don't see it. So my bold prediction, and we can talk about it hopefully um, you know next week, is that there's not a single goal scored. All right. Okay. Time. Thanks for that, Justin. Moving on, we've got FPL royalty. Scooby, you'll take this one to start with. What are your plans for Celtic assets now and then again once they return? Cheers, lad. Smelly face with a beer. 
<laughs> like the end of that. Um, I'm keeping them. So for me, just to talk about my team personally, I've got Frimpong um, and I've got Eddie. I've got rid of Elamusi because, to be honest, he wasn't really inspiring me from his first couple of games anyway. I think he was a popular choice start of the season and he's not really done much. I'm holding on to them, though. I don't see how you can get rid of Eduard at the moment. Uh, I think Frimpong's going to have a good season. And I think you just you got to just let it ride out. It's, it, it kind of... It kind of makes the strategy of having a well-rounded team and not having players in there just, you know, to make up the numbers, you know, more important. I think there is really good value to be found throughout the league. Um, you know, when we look at teams like Ross County and St. Mirren, um, you know, some of the players that we've talked about tonight, you're Alan Forrest, like having those players and being able to rotate them, I think is important. So I would like to think you can still get 11 starters out there even if Celtic, this, you know, they've got two Celtic players um, sitting and warming that bench. So I, I'm holding on to them. Um, I'm definitely holding on to them. Yeah, I, I just, from my personal perspective, I've got Taylor and McGregor still in my side, just sitting on the bench there. Um, I did take French Eddie out for my sins. Um, I'm actually almost thinking should have kept him. But anyway, he'll be the first person I will look to get back in once the return. He's the one guy that has to be in every single team sheet, I believe. And then from there, it's quite tricky with Celtic assets just now. As we discussed, like, they're not keeping a lot of clean sheets. And the, the midfielders tend to, to share, amongst, share the goals quite a lot. So I think it'll be tricky. But yeah, my first thing I'll be doing is to get French Eddie back in. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, they're away at Dundee United, and, you know, the first half back, all things going to plan that they can play that. So it means they're not playing again at home until the end of the month against Motherwell, you know, which if Motherwell get themselves going, that could be a tough game. Motherwell always quite like going to Celtic Park. So, you know, and then, then they're away at Ross County. Who'd want to go there? So, I mean, Celtic don't have a big home game until about mid-September after this. And I think that is where they're going to, you know, turn over teams the way that they do. Um, so I, th- I think, you know, that is an interesting thing to watch. But for now, I'm keeping it. Hey, boy. Uh, DC, Danny Claff has asked, interested to hear your thoughts on goalkeepers. I feel they're in balance. They get no bonus or save points, but two goals and they are wiped out. Not a single point across my mini league for every goalkeeper, including subs. Um, I'm going to just use a source here so as we talked about is uh, our good friend on Twitter Meltingcaster comes out with all sort of Raj uh, stats and one of them he's come out recently is the best value goalkeepers in the game and Scobie can you best guess where the best value goalkeeper in the game is just now it's not Ross Laidlaw is it it is Ross Laidlaw oh. the Ross Laidlaw of Ross County <laughs> he's got 14 points he's 2.6 million um, so Vapham which I imagine is some sort of value per point, is 1.3, which is almost double uh, the next keepers. The other guys that are high on this is, um, I mean, I've got no idea how to pronounce that. Benjamin Sigrist of Dundee United at 2.5 million has got 11 points. Um, the Hibs keeper's got uh, 11 points as well. And then it's quite a significant drop-off. So I think this guy raises a really good point that maybe, like I'm devastated the way my goalkeeper's performed, but I think that's across the board. And maybe you just, you know, you punt in someone that might get a clean sheet, but you, you put your value in your team elsewhere. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, because I've got Carson, who for some reason went up in value, has gone up in value almost every week. He's now at, he's now at 3.1 million starting the season at 2.9. I have absolutely no reason why that is, because he's only scored four points. But, I mean, yeah, it's just not that worth. Wild, is it? Um, 
I think that I, uh, that makes me think I should be following suit and possibly downgrading. Sure. We've got one from Ali Boyd here. Uh, are Aberdeen players that will now be guaranteed to play worth a punt or are they going to be dog meat? Shall I take that one, Scooby? Yeah, thank you, Anne, for your question, Alan. Um, so, yeah, I think Aberdeen players... I mean, John, I'm not just saying this to wind you up. I think Aberdeen are in a bit of a hole. Um, a lot of players injured. A lot of players, you know, in that COVID-8 uh, sort of scandal that I'm covering themselves in glory. How are they going to come out fighting that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Hard to see, especially with, you know, literally nobody up top apart from Anderson. Um, it's just piling up, isn't it? Ryan Ed- Edmondson's gone back to Leeds because he's gone and injured himself for three or four months. Main's out for three or four months. Kellsgrove's out for three or more, four months. So you have to think Anderson will start, um, which might be all right. But now I'm even hearing that the floods up in Aberdeen have caused the pitch to be shite. So, I mean, to be an Aberdeen fan right now, Scobie, who'd want to do that? Eh? Who the hell would want to do that? Eh? So, yes, I would be getting rid of them and I would not be putting them in until uh, I have confidence to do so. Nate. Bore. All right, moving on. Aska Jordan, our leader, I believe, from the uh, game week two on the league, has asked, is Lord Haji any good or should I sell? Um, Sort of crying emoji. Um, I'll take this one quickly. Uh, I was watching the game tonight, kind of thinking that a little bit myself. He is is definitely a fantastic player. He's in that kind of playmaking role for Rangers and he's spraying around. And as I've just said earlier, I think that team is dripping in points. But I don't think he's dripping in points. I just, I don't know. Like maybe he's one of these players that he gets a goal and he goes on a run. But at the moment, it just feels like there's too many other players around him that he's kind of releasing, uh, you know, that, 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 are, that are getting those goals ahead of him. He's only got one goal in the league, doesn't he? He's got two in Europe. So he's doubled his tally in Europe. In, in four games in Europe, so he's not—he's not giving us anything to believe that he is going to score a lot in the, in the Premiership. But he's a very good player. Uh, I just don't know if your fan if his fantasy value is a bit high. His fridge isn't he that knackered. That is the surmising of that. He's knackered, not knackered because it's knee dripping. Uh, another one here from Brendan Wilhide. Is it too early to give up on guys like Scott Allen and Liam Polworth barely getting any minutes? I think we already spoke about Scott Allen earlier on in the pod. You think that you should stick with him uh, just because Hibs might change shape. I think that's not a bad shout. I also think someone like Liam Polworth, I think it just depends on the state of your team, Brendan. Like, if you've got holes everywhere and you're trying to plug them up and it's just like a sinking ship, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that that's the first place to look. However, if your team's looking pretty decent and you are just looking to make tweaks, then I think you should definitely be considering getting rid of those guys and upgrading. Uh, no, I, I, I agree on Alan. We've talked about that, but I, I kind of disagree on Paul whether you get rid of him. I'm going to get rid of him. He is the person that's coming out of my team this week. Mm-hmm. There's just no reason to believe he's going to be an asset to me. And it's a strange one because he was so good last year. Uh, and I really thought, I really thought he was going to come on. Um, but, you know, there's, there's just so many better options than him, uh, you know, across the league at that kind of value. So uh, I will be dumping him. Superb. All right. Well, guys, that was a new part of the pods. I think we've covered most people's questions. Sorry if you've missed any out. Uh, we'll try and cover them on the next one. But I think that was all right. Scobie giving some half-decent insight there. <laughs> Cheers, John. Thanks for listening to Johnson Deep Dive, which nobody asked for. 
so <laughs> all good, all right. Uh, guys, look, continue to listen, continue to follow us on at Football Pod. Uh, we're going to be back. It's a bit of a strange week this week. We're going to obviously have a Thursday night game, so we're going to try and record possibly during that um, and then get an episode out for you on Friday because it's a quick turnaround for Saturday. The, the weeks are a bit up against us and the Celtic and Aberdeen players have not, I'm sorry, Bongoli's not helped us out and nor have the Aberdeen COVID-8. But we'll keep getting them out and thanks for listening um, so far. Thanks very much, guys, and all the best for the weekend. Good luck for your weekends. We'll see you next time. Cheers.